You are listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from a sunny Midwest, where I am very excited about today's anniversary, January 6th, the last day that it's okay to take down your Christmas tree. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where there's no landslides around here, I'm Andrew Hoffman. There you go. No landslides. Uh, yeah, January 6th, I don't know if you know, it's a big anniversary of the last day you could take down your tree 12 days of christmas 12 days after christmas take down your christmas tree so just oh, okay. uh yeah if you heard anything else like some sort of other issue that happened a year ago or something not near as important as this yeah i was yeah january 6th just another thursday yeah yeah just another thursday that's what most people think but it actually like i said 12 days of christmas last day for the tree so biden even did a, sh- a, a speech today about you know, this is the day to take down your tree. So everybody's got to do it. Mandate. Christmas tree day. Mandate. You, you listened to a Biden speech, so you deserve a medal. <laughs> Trying to earn those donations. <laughs> Listen to the entire Biden speech this morning. Um, but yes. let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, first off, I'm sure everybody's like, probably excited. Uh, because they can hear you and me and it's not muddy and we got a new audio set up and uh, I'm super excited about it so hopefully oh, don't it oversell it <laughs> hopefully it all works out and it's less editing for me so I'm I it can't if as long as I don't have to edit a bunch then it's that's awesome like it's there's no overselling it even if it was the same quality I'm into that so but I think it's actually way better so I'm excited about that let's not get too far off topic landslides you say the landslides back in my my old stomping grounds, closing down I-84, about seven miles away from Cascade Locks. Big landslide in the spot that there's always a big landslide. Oh, wow. Well, um, I'll say this. There is also some bad weather there in the Seattle area. They've had they've been just oh, rocked, rocked with snow. <laughs> and the snow continues, as well as... Um, the snow in the pass is really, really bad. So oh. people cannot get out of Seattle right now. All three passes closed, closed sometime this morning. So no Highway Two, no Ninety, and uh, forgot the other one. But there's it's, all, a, all it's a good days. thing we got out when we did. We'd yeah. be trapped. Yeah, I think we would, would legitimately be trapped at this point if we were trying. Yeah. To. I I will say the weather forecast segment or weather report segment was much more interesting when we were in the Northwest. <laughs> like the, I could have been talking about four feet of snow and yeah. landslides and yeah, that's true. it's like, Hey, like, Hey, it's kind of cold today, but it's also sunny again. All, always sunny, right? Yeah. Always sunny in Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. At least you get 
days of in days of sunshine i mean mm-hmm. even today today it's cold though today uh it actually 20 degrees well, wind was chill six, factor below zero yeah it was 16 this morning but it actually uh, i forgot about the dew point and the wind chill like the midwest totally has like a feels like and then it, it is so it mm-hmm. It was it was 16 degrees, but it felt like negative two this morning. Just for reference, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is definitely something I forgot about from my old childhood. So uh, getting getting used to that, but again, loving the sun, and uh, yeah, getting a little bit more used to the country life out here. We're out here pretty far from civilization, and it has its benefits in a lot of ways. So yeah, how's the compound? coming along Uh, the compound is coming along just fine now um don't have any hard plans yet of what we're going to be doing with the place or even if it's the one that we're going to be staying in but it's uh more and more comfortable these days i'll tell you that more and more comfortable getting used to having to drive a decent amount of, of of ground in order to get anywhere that's been one of the biggest uh changes for us is going from like city life in seattle we were literally you know 30 minutes at most from everything to now it's pretty much 30 minutes at minimum from everything <laughs> so it, that makes for a uh, a different a different life so anyway um yeah lots going on in the podcast world lots going on in the actual world as we start this up right now looks like the people of kazakhstan are arming themselves there's gunfights in the streets they are not having a riot they're having a revolution not sure quite what's going on there. I think Russia is <laughs> actually sending in their troops, uh, which could be something to kind of keep an eye on. You mentioned already, I listened to, today is January 6th, the day that will live in infamy as one of worse the Worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than 9-11. One of the yeah. biggest psyops ever. Can you imagine if something actually would have happened, how bad they freaked out? I mean, they're still sticking with the, it was the worst thing ever, um, but nothing happened. And, you know, I, I sent a video to you recently. There's one that leaked out today. It was from kind of from the Capitol looking down at the front door. Mm-hmm. And it's got a bunch of people just standing around holding flags. And then two people dressed in black trying to bash the windows in. And everyone else, you know, cheering them on saying, yeah, we got to. Ki-. No, stop no, it. Trying to them. stop them. Yeah. Stopping <laughs> them and saying that you shouldn't be doing this. All the people in the Trump gear trying to stop the people that looked like Antifa from breaking the, the doors in. So. You say Antifa, I say police officers. But anyway, well, um, <laughs> could, could, the the Antifa knows? division of the FBI. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I get, I got you on that one. So anyway, uh, the big story, the big thing is we got Dr. Malone going on Joe Rogan. We got Peter McCullough going on Joe Rogan. People waking up, people talking about mass formation psychosis. Did you see this kind of trend on Twitter the other day? I heard it. I heard it referenced that it was trending on yeah, on Twitter. And, but, it, yeah. and then and then there were, like if you Google search mass formation psychosis, then you would find that Google. I had to like actually open a Google browser, like Google tab, <laughs> which is I, I never do, and did the search, and it said uh, these results are changing quickly. Sometimes it's hard to find uh, reputable or trusted sources for this information. It was actually an yeah. error that they had. So they were editing the searches in real time after uh, Dr. 
Malone, got everybody out there searching for mass formation. Something we talked about from Matthias Desmet from uh, the Netherlands, a gentleman who kind of came up with this thought, or you know, he was a statistician as well as a uh, um, human behavior specialist, and he kind of ter- coined this term. Uh, I was listening to a little bit of No Agenda this morning, and their theory is that Malone kind of came on to cross-reference mass psychosis with the Nazis. And that's anything you can, anytime you make anybody, you know, conflate it with the Nazis or Germany or the Weimar <laughs> Republic, it, then, then it's just becomes like, oh, that's just crazy talk. Oh, this mass formation. That's what the Germans did. That's, and kind of took it out of the current present day context, which I think was, is true that we absolutely are in it. Um, at least a, a good percentage of the population. Uh, but that was too close to the truth, so they tainted it a little bit and then did some Google whitewash. And now, you know, maybe this will just die away as a, you know, you're a mass psychosis, conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer. You know, you could just be all of, all of those things and then, you know, we don't have to listen to you and let's uh, move on without thinking critically about it at all. Yeah, didn't didn't Rogan have Kennedy on about his book? Recently? Yeah, I must have. It's just it. interesting they didn't make a big deal of that, but of the mass psychosis. No, of the of Kennedy's book, which I'm sure is you know full of outrageous conspiracy theories that they could debunk easily if they had if they felt like it. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I, the, I'm there not could be an element. Were, was no agenda? Were they saying that Malone was in on it? Or that that was how it was being spun. They were saying that Malone. So he Malone actually talks about in the interview his that he works close. He worked closely with the CIA when the whole thing leaked out of Wuhan, and one of his best friends, blah 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 blah. So their theory <laughs> is that that person he's referencing repeatedly is his handler. Oh, okay. Feeding him information. So an unwilling dupe, not necessarily somebody that's a. Uh, an unwitting dupe, I guess I should say. Okay. Not somebody that is kind of nefarious or whatever. But no, I'm, I'm looking at Rogan now. Uh, most recent interview, Oliver Stone, and then Carrot Top, then Robert Malone, then John Abramson, Ab- yeah, Abramson, which I thought was really good episode. He talked about uh, Big Pharma, and he wrote a book about how Big Pharma took over med- the medical industry kind of got lost oh, in between the McCullough. Does sound interesting. Yeah. yeah, he got lost between the McCullough and the Malone interviews, but he definitely had some some interesting things to say. Um, speaking of which, I uh, was going to reference the Chris White podcast, Bible Prophecy Talk, where he did a great episode, his most recent one, and he talked about how it's pretty much impossible to find excess deaths anymore did you hear this episode Mm, i've not listened to that one yet no well it's not even excess deaths it's pretty much impossible to find an overall death count for the united states oh well that's interesting yeah so it used to be just search it and there it is and then you could see okay this increased and this didn't because remember that was the that was the fly in the ointment at the end of 2020 people were like look there's no increased deaths you know Mm -hmm. there's no and then all of a sudden they get piled in there right at the end. Right at the end. Yep, they piled them all in there. And now you can't even find that. 
And so it's more and more, it looks like you're going to have to, in, excuse me, you're going to have to look harder for, you know, evidence of more and more people dying, for instance, from the, from the vaccine. And uh, we had somebody actually come out in, within the insurance industry. Yeah, you want to play that, that clip, the life insurance guy, who, of course, is demanding that all his employees get vaccinated because there's something going on he can't identify, but people are dying, and that means you should get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, you'll be live. Okay. Second point is one of our businesses is that we offer group life and disability insurance to employers. And we are seeing right now the highest death rates we have ever seen in the history of this business, not just at One America. The, the data is consistent across every player uh, in, in, that, in that business. Now, this is primarily um, working age people, 18 to 64, that are in employers like all the employers on, on the screen here. And what we saw just in third quarter, we're seeing it continue into fourth quarter, is that uh, death rates are up 40% over what they were pre-pandemic. Now, just to give you a, a, an idea of how bad that is, a three sigma or a one in 200 year uh, catastrophe would be 10% increase uh, over pre-pandemic. So uh, 40% is just unheard of. And what the data is showing us is that um, the deaths that are being reported as COVID deaths greatly understate the actual death losses among working age people from the pandemic. It may not all be COVID on their death certificate, but deaths are up uh, at just a huge, huge numbers. Uh, we're also seeing a, an uptick in uh, disability claims. At first, it was short-term disability claims, and now we're seeing long-term disability, whether it's long COVID or whether it is because people haven't been able to get the health care that they need because the hospitals are overrun we're seeing those claims start to take up as well. And for One America, uh, we expect the costs of this are gonna be well over $100 million. And this is our smallest business. So it's having a huge impact on that. that those costs will, will trickle towards other employers over time because uh, premiums are starting to go up. So it will cost more for employers. And most of us in the industry are starting to target and to add uh, premium loads onto uh, employers that are based in counties that have low vaccination rates. It's just typically what we would do for underwriting when you have a risk factor like that. Now, are those the counties with the excess deaths? <laughs> yeah. You know, an interesting like full-on pro-vaccine push and yet he's pointing out deaths are way up this year, which we had COVID last year. So if it was COVID, you would think we would have seen this last year. But we've got the vaccines now and we didn't have the vaccines last year. So I don't. So you know. do you think that people just like think of the lockdowns as kind of being a failure and that, you know, there was more suicides and more drug overdoses and so, you know. They don't think too much through it, and that's just kind of, oh, it must be that. What do you mean? For like, for instance, this gentleman. He doesn't seem to point to the vaccine as being no, the reason he, for these he, deaths. No, he thinks it's COVID. He's okay. like, oh, we're just not, we're not recording all the COVID cases, and it's really killing people left and right. 
Okay. Well, um, Dr. Malone actually had a, a take on the 40% increase as well. Okay. I'm actuary out in an insurance company in Indiana. So he's not like screaming madman, right? He's just looking at the math. But how do you get in back of what actually caused the deaths, Dr. Malone? So the key to that is what he said. He's looking at 18 to 64-year-old cohort in employed, insured populations. So these are people that are likely to have been highly jabbed because they've been under employer mandates. And what you need to do is compare that event rate that he's reporting to the event rate of uh, death and COVID-related death in the general population. And the reporter that covered this originally uh, did exactly that for the state of Indiana, where this $100 billion company is. This is not just a small local play. And uh, what she found was that the death rate being reported overall in the state is significantly lower than the death rate for these uh, insured, employed individuals that have insurance through their employer, because that's what's being looked at here with this particular insurance fund. And so this suggests that these people that are under the insurance mandates are highly jabbed, have a enormously increased mortality rate compared to the general population. That that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that you have to do to infer what the uh, causative relationship is here, but all you can do is generate hypotheses. Nonetheless, there is no question that the federal policies are an abject failure. There, whether it is due to vaccine or it's due to suppression of early treatment, we have a massive, massive failure of public policy. And how do you how do you drive that? Because of the death rates here? Yeah. How do you I mean, work we, out we, your theory? We have we have had uh, this. The mortality rate in the United States is among the highest in the world right now. I mean, that's that's no and and what this is suggesting, the mortality rate ascribed to COVID. What Okay. Uh, we're number one. We're number one. Yeah. We're no, number one. We're number one. Number one in uh, remdesivir caused death. Ooh. Also known as COVID. Which brings us to something we probably should have covered at the top of the hour. Oh, my goodness. Do you want to let the, the, the people out there know? Or I should have, Oh, man, this is big news. I should have. This is, I should have there's, uh, I've reached a contractual agreement with uh, Substack. Oh, my gosh. And they're publishing my writing. This so. is amazing. <laughs> Andrew. 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 Andrew, we'll have to get a link to the Substack on the on the the show notes for this, and then we'll also put it on the uh, the page yeah, I as think, well. I think it's just uh, first initial last name, so a Hoffman dot com or okay. whatever their usual. Let me type it in here. Format a is but. Hoffman dot Substack dot com. That works. Uh, brings up. Let's see. What does that bring up? Yep. Brings up, oh, we wrote a part two, part one in a part two. The title, Critiquing Eugenics. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear more from Mr. Hoffman, go subscribe to his Substack. It is currently free, but, you know, oh, I, just, I, I heard that 
in the future he could go with the uh the paid oh, subscription yeah, get, get in now while it's free get in yeah. now while it's free he may <laughs> start charging you know what he's worth four or five thousand dollars <laughs> you know per subscription <laughs> i think it'll be it'll be free for a while free for a while very cool well definitely but uh, you know if we could get like you know the dozens of people that listen to our podcast to read the Substack, that'd be great absolutely yeah so please everybody go check that out let's go and support our buddy andrew in his new endeavor so yeah that's you know I, i think the first few i've still got plenty of material will be based on kind of my my thoughts about the uh real anthony fauci book so kind of started there did some similar stuff as to what i sent to chris white mentioned earlier so he's get i don't know how he's gonna do it but he's turning some summaries and some information that i put together into some more uh like meme type of stuff or some sort of graphic or short video or something so he's he's working on it so keep an eye out for that fair enough fair enough that that's that is exciting so cool that's uh very cool so anyway you were going to say the the uh Remdesivir deaths are uh, uh, the highest in the United States. Yeah, one of one of the things <laughs> that you find out in the real Anthony Fauci is kind of the the details and the backstory on how and why remdesivir was approved, and the correlation that I drew was, you know, remdesivir is to COVID what AZT was to AIDS. In other words, the way that they created the impression of the pandemic uh, by killing off a bunch of people with a toxic medication. So the the number in there from Ryan Cole is um, eight to 10 times increase in uh, hospitalized COVID patient death with those that are given remdesivir, like in the first week that they're given it. And that matches up with the amount of uh, people that died in the Ebola trial where they were given remdesivir. So that's killed over half the people in the trial. Uh, by far the deadliest uh, experimental medication that was tried in the trial, which was in Africa, of course. Because, uh, you know, Fauci loves, Fauci loves the Africans so much. Uh, remdesivir killed more than anyone and therefore that was the one Fauci chose to push in the US for and that is still you can go to the website today and that is still the only thing that's approved um, other than the new I think we got a new you know Pfizer Mectin or whatever Paxlovid drug. yeah Paxlovid coming out but uh, they Still at the top of the list is remdesivir, and they say, you know, yes, it has to be given through IV, but you can do it outside the hospital. Just, you know, pump it into people anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's just remdesivir. So, so great. Yeah. If if only we could do like outpatient remdesivir. Drive-by remdesivir. Remdesivir in a van. They're they're working on it. What do you tell your kids? Like, what do you tell your kids? I always, I'm always telling them like, hey, look some guy pulls up in a van he's like hey i got some remdesivir like don't (laughs) 
don't get in the car. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. warn your kids early. Like some little Sicilian looking man is like, come here, kids. I got some <laughs> rendezvous here. Yeah. You don't get in the van because, you know, you could end yeah, up. Don't. On in I- general, on don't get island. in the van is good advice. <laughs> if it's not your van, don't get in the, Don't I, get in it. Well, Andrew, I have bad news for you. I only know one person with a van. <laughs> is that me? That is you. <laughs> Good advice, unless it's Andrew's van, not to get in the van. Yeah, and I don't usually try to get strangers into the van, so that's <laughs> it's gen- generally good advice there. So yeah, stay away from the remdesivir. I think, if anything, we've kind of underplayed the importance of remdesivir in this whole thing. Sure. Um, focus so much on the vaccines, which are obviously very important too. But uh, if it weren't for remdesivir, I don't think they could have pushed the vaccines through because they wouldn't have had the death toll to, to point to. Okay. I like it. That, it does seem true, though. I mean, it's anything they're doing. It just And that was one of the things that they talked about with uh, Dr. Malone on, on Rogan and this other gentleman, uh, Abramson. Uh, it's like the, the, the moves they make it almost seems like they're trying to get more des. Like there's no, well, it, that, it's almost that is what they're doing. No, I understand yes. that you, you think <laughs> that I think that that's where we yeah. are, but I, I'm trying to speak to the, the, per, the people who don't necessarily believe that it's like, how else can you explain some of these moves? Right. The, the U S with the most spending on treating COVID in the world by far has the highest death rate from it. So if we're doing the right thing, how do you explain that? Clearly, we're not doing the right thing. It's not the right thing. Yeah. Not the right thing from a wanting people to live perspective. Sure. But if you are trying to create a totalitarian medical martial law surveillance state, uh, it's exactly the right thing. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's get to some of your stuff then. Oh, well, I... You know, following up on that clip from the life insurance guy, there was a great series of charts that showed the spike in um, so-called natural cause death among younger age groups. Does That just matches up with when everyone was getting the vaccine. Uh, But that's gone now. That tweet was deleted. Or the series of tweets was deleted. So, we, you know, I did... I did make some clips here. Um, this is kind of a... On, on that note... Uh, well, let's... Okay, go ahead. Just real quick. It's, it'll be super quick. But uh, that that is kind of what Chris White's thesis was on his show that he did. It's like, everything's falling apart, but they're still moving forward. Like, yeah. It's, can they continue the totalitarian regime take over while even while people know what's going on while you know twitter actively you know deletes things as well as youtube and others um and that appears to be kind of the direction we're headed so people like more people need to wake up and start making some noise yeah let's uh let's go back in time first we'll kind of let's go with the uh original chris sky classic clip there this is from I believe and this is in Canada. 
Not this past summer, but the summer before. Yep, yep, I remember this. I, remember, I think we might have played this. This is a, We this, we did play it. It's yep. a great, great clip. Don't need a mask. The mask is about compliance, because they know Canadians like to do what they're told. So if they tell you you have to wear a mask, next they're going to tell you you have to contact trace. Then they're going to tell you you have to take the vaccine. And because Canadians like to do what they're told, they're hoping that everyone just complies. And then guess what, kids? Once you take your vaccine, like a dumb person that doesn't know any better... They're going to tell you, sorry, the vaccine isn't as effective as we thought it was going to be. So now you still got to wear your mask, still got to get contact trace, still have all the restrictions and social distancing, and still take your vaccine. And then what did you get out of all of this? You got a whole year where you weren't allowed to travel, your business was closed, they took your rights and freedoms, they forced the vaccine on you, and what happened? The same amount of people died. Everything is the exact same. And now they're going to put you back on lockdown and bring it all the way till July of next year so they can do the same thing again. Bring you from July, August, and September, getting you off lockdown, but just to bring you back on lockdown again. If you idiots haven't figured it out yet, it's a perpetual cycle that you never get out of. And it's a way to take your rights, your freedoms, close your business, take your wealth, why? So you become dependent on government. Why? If you're independent, the government works for you like it's supposed to. If you depend on the government to give you a paycheck to feed your family every month because they closed your business on you, now the government doesn't work for you. The government rules you. So instead of a middle class, we have the government, upper class, and the lower class dependents that rely on the government to survive. In other words, we have a slave class. And that's what they're trying to do. It's that simple. Nailed it. Crazy person. Absolute crazy person. No evidence for any of that. Yeah. So let's uh, move forward a little bit, but still, I guess almost a year ago. This is uh, the Rachel Maddow clip where, you know, so this is the mainstream media um, talking points about the vaccine as of March 2021. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. If we just go fast enough to get the whole population population i'll finish your sentence <laughs> yeah so how'd that work out now they're saying we never said that the vaccines would stop transmission what we never said that <laughs> we just said it was great for keeping you out of the hospital which is a really tough metric to uh to define can you can you point to the study that proves that is that hmm I don't know. I'm still waiting for that. But uh, it's, well, it's usually mild in people that got the vaccine, which is true. Uh, but it's generally even more mild in people that didn't get the vaccine. But anyway, 
Um, so now we are to the current day. We just shattered a single day record for Ronas. And everybody, especially people that are boosted and double jabbed and what have you, they're getting the Rona. Omicron. So, so this is a, you know, the other side of the supposed spectrum. And yet still, you know, she's still got the vaccine. Uh, this is Kennedy on Fox uh, griping about feeling like she was duped. Well, hello and welcome to a new and fantastic week. As you may already know, because I was ranting about it on Thursday last, I recently had COVID again. So the virus has once again become intensely personal. And now I'm pissed. Like many of you, I took all the recommended steps and took the necessary precautions. But like a fool, I figured if I had been previously infected and vaccinated, well, I'd be safe. With a normal virus that naturally evolved, that might be the case. If you've had COVID, you know it is extremely unnatural and doesn't feel like anything you've experienced. Even if you had it mild, you know it's still weird. I do not buy this did some less than probable species hopping and conveniently infected the most vulnerable populations on the planet. In my opinion, it is an engineered virus and anyone who says a lab leak theory is conspiratorial speculation is full of guano. They all knew what could happen if an altered virus found its way into the world and their worst dreams have been realized. This virus sucks. And you know what? The communist Chinese government sucks for covering up evidence, destroying samples, blocking access and jailing whistleblowers who knew the sickly genie was clearly out of the bottle. EcoHealth Alliance sucks. Anthony Fauci sucks. Francis Collins suck. They all suck. And they all knew what would happen if a virus like this spread. And even the tests that are supposed to detect it, they suck. And they're almost impossible to access. My daughter tested negative at a clinic on a rapid test. The PCR was positive, but it took 10 days to come back. As a vaccinated person, I contracted COVID from another vaccinated person. So whoever is still chirping this godforsaken bug is being solely uh, transmitted by the unvaccinated is also full of the hottest garbage and they suck too. So what's the bright side here? The Omicron variant is so contagious. Everyone will pretty much have it within the next two weeks. And once it peaks, we will glimpse something like normal. Tyra Grove Kraus. She is a fancy state epidemiologist in Denmark. She says we will have our normal lives back in two months. I will take it. I don't trust the people in power in this country. The arsonists are pretty much running the fire department. So if a rational and skeptical expert says we can resume our rituals by next month, I am on board the Danish Express. Anthony Fauci can take his fear-mongering, eternal masking and shove it up his puckering honey hole because he'll never unsuck. In the meantime, I'll keep chomping on elderberry gummies and sipping ginger tea until I feel somewhat presentable. And all I ask of this administration is to please put the screws to China and finally hold them accountable for this hideous horror show. And that's the memo. (laughs) Narrator. Unfortunately, the administration did not. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some bad news for you on that. Uh, so it turns out that actually it was kind of our stuff and our, you know, Fauci and, uh, you know, working with. Also, the Biden can never take, 
you know, call out the G because of the uh, the Hunter Biden the Hunter Biden thing. He kind of owns us at this point. So it's, yeah, it's uh, awkward. <laughs> I don't want to spoil everything in the Substack, but uh, <coughs> uh, Ralph Barrick of Gain of Function fame got some funding from Fauci to research, uh, basically to try and develop a virus that remdesivir would work against. (laughs) It doesn't work against anything. It's like, come on, it kind of worked against Zika, but then we couldn't get Zika going, you know, small heads didn't scare people enough. So we, can you, can you work up a, a virus there in Wuhan that remdesivir will work against? So it's an, engineered bioweapon specifically designed for remdesivir and remdesivir still doesn't work (laughs) so that's a great product you got there who owns remdesivir like where where is the remdesivir Uh, gilead okay gilead which is partially owned by the gates foundation Ah. uh very close ties with fauci directly but yeah that's a the corruption is is even even beyond what I expected it to be. So the even entire... more blatant. It's a, you know I mean, and this is why uh, this is why they have to push through with it, even though people are catching on. There's no like oh we didn't know, like, you know there. It just they got to go full totalitarian. They're trying to convince you oh no you know we might back off we might slow slow this down no it's it's all or nothing it's gulags for it for them or for us well they never said that we if we got the vaccine that we wouldn't get covid did they you're okay you're not gonna you're not gonna get covid if you have (laughs) these vaccinations these vaccines are highly highly effective vaccinated people do not carry the virus don't get sick everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations 
and to some extent death, the booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every adult, every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> a product that doesn't work and you blame it on the people who didn't buy it and they have to buy more. <laughs> they're required to buy it yeah. and it's and it's free to them so you know they, you just charge the government every time it is a great you know from a business perspective other than killing off your your end customers um makes a lot of sense keep them coming back though you're gonna get sicker sicker before you get better so yeah. can can i ask you a question sure <laughs> i know that you've kind of put yourself into a position now where you're you don't have to deal with a lot of this stuff and so have i but i can't help but notice from text messages from family and others um everybody's getting tested hmm. what so okay <laughs> if hhs is su suspending monoclonal antibodies because they're making way for paxlovid and the only other treatment is remdesivir. And Omicron is admittedly barely more than a cold with zero deaths. There was one in Texas that was then re recanted. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, is the, what is the fascination with the test? Is it the woke victim mentality? I'm a, truly a victim, so I must yeah, test myself now? Like trendy, because, like I've got, I've got Omicron. And it seems like everyone does. It seems like everyone got sick. Uh, with an R naught of 12 to 13, it feels like everybody's probably going to get it. But mm -hmm. there's, that's, I just don't understand. I don't, like, it, I, can you help me understand this? Like, what yeah, is I the reason, man? Like, I don't know if I can. I, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a shared experience and I guess just natural curiosity. Like you kind of want to know, like, do I have Omicron? And even if you know that the tests won't tell you if you have Omicron or not, and they don't even tell you <laughs> if you have COVID or not, because tests don't work. Uh, however, they did it. And they, well, it's kind of the, the like the last Christmas toy syndrome too of like, like, hey, people are standing in line to get this toy. It's sold out everywhere. You know, companies deliberately running that scam to to gin up excitement in their product. Uh, that's what they did with the testing. Hey, did you know you can't find tests anywhere? You can't find tests anywhere. You better go buy a test. Yeah, I've definitely heard people saying you can't find tests anywhere. But it just, I guess it just kind of blows my mind that everybody wants to get like, tests. Like, why, why do you want a test? I think Zuby said being perfectly healthy and constantly wanting to test yourself is a is a mental illness. Yeah, it just I would agree with that. I don't know. I mean, I, this whole Biden gave everybody five hundred million tests or whatever too, or what? Not five hundred. Was it five hundred million? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Half a billion tests. They sent them out he, or whatever. I mean, because they got to get the numbers. Doesn't he want to like ship them door to door or something, or like ship them to your house? Yeah. I don't know if they're they, doing that or if that's get, just an idea for the future. But. They got to get their numbers up because we can't we can't have everybody waking up at the same time and nobody has it. Yeah. Well, 
and you know more testing uh, regardless of how effective the test is or not more tests equal more cases yeah that's what they need they need more cases right now to keep yeah. to keep the the merry-go-round going the lockdowns coming have you seen this meme going around about fandango no, I have not. I will do my local area real quick, but many people in crown-related countries, for instance, you know, Canada, Australia, the UK, they cannot schedule a movie past today. This has been going on for about a week. So it looks like here we're fine. I did a different zip code, 98037. Just a little kind of... People are like, what's going on? So, oh, you can do it in Seattle. How about Toronto? But anyway, it just you know, it just feels like, you know, maybe lockdowns are coming or, or something. Oh, no. Oh, so the- no, this is actually Toronto, Ontario. Now you can. Oh, in Toronto, Ontario, you can only go see one movie with one showing every day past today. No movie. Yeah, this, this 355 Jason Bourne movie is the only one available weird anyway it was just people were <laughs> predicting more lockdowns coming and there are i mean there's lockdowns i think the netherlands is locked down i think france is locked down italy just passed the thing that if you're over 50 you must get vaccinated so Ugh. yeah yeah over 50 compulsory vaccination so they got to get the numbers up and, and kind of they're just moving forward with the plan and we got to keep making noise and saying no we don't want this and I'm also sympathetic, but also frustrated with my patience is wearing thin with um, <laughs> the, you know, some people are like this whole medical thing is baloney. I can't believe what's going on with everything. But, you know, this, you know, it's pretty crazy what's going on with the stock market. And, you know, we got to figure you know, out this or like, you know, I think this this uh, supply chain thing is China. But then the medical the thing is is all real crypto crash, the crypto crash. It, it just I don't understand the people and I, I want to love them and, and, and talk to them and help them to, to get through this. But I don't understand where the people who don't see this is all related. Like, what? like the people who are like, this supply chain right. thing is just trying to try to bankrupt the U.S. and bring in communism. On the other hand, get tested Omicron super deadly and go get double vac, triple, quadruple vax. Vax <laughs> up, vax, vax, vax. Or and vice versa, right? You yeah, know. yeah, I don't get it. Like, how do you not understand? These are all related. This is a mm-hmm. plan. It's not a conspiracy theory. All of this is related. Well, and... uh, Yeah, you you don't have to to play it. Um, But the the clip from Natalie Winters of National Pulse was talking about Pfizer partnering with the, like, social credit score app. right. You know, but this is like pre-COVID-19. So this is, and oh, it just so happens we can put your vaccination records on the app too. Wow, convenient. Uh, so, so just some evidence of foreknowledge, which there's, there is a lot of it. You know, if, if you start looking into it, it's clearly a plan. So, you, you know, you kind of have to, accept that like it's a plan so what is the plan and what do we do about it are are important questions too but yeah you're exactly right people that are still i don't know thinking that the stock market is real and not rigged or the 
you know, the cryptocurrency market is real and not rigged or the, you know, supply chain healthcare risk. system, yep. the supply chain, like that that's not intentional, you know. And they're, they're talking about, oh, yeah, truckers will have to get vaccinated. It makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, truckers <laughs> So the Supreme Court looks at the case tomorrow, supposedly, to find oh, out really? about this, the okay. mandate, January 7th. But, I mean, let me just lay it out there for everybody. And I'm, I'm basically preaching to the choir here, but let me just say it. They don't want you to be alive. <laughs> they would like you to, to die slowly mm-hmm. or fast. They don't care. The powers the- that be, they, the, uh, oh, who are they? Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. <laughs> They don't want you to eat meat. They want you to stay at home. They want to increase the price of gas. They want to bankrupt all of the, you know, energy companies and natural gas companies so that it's harder and harder to have power at your own home. They don't want you to be able to charge your stupid electric car. They want to be able to tax you on every mile that you drive. They want to kill switch on every single car past 2026. They want to tax Mm -hmm. on meat for carbon emissions. They want to make sure that you do immunity as a service and that you get vaxxed up every six months with some other concoction that they have. They want you to have 5G. They want you to have a smartphone. They want you to be totally connected to the, 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 the internet. They want you to join the metaverse. They want you to stop trying to associate with other people. They want to lock you in your homes. They want to keep you from going face-to-face with people. They want to keep you from having relationships with people. They want to make sure that you are dependent on the government. They don't want you to work. They want you to get checks from them. They want you to... I mean... These things are They don't want you having kids, that's for sure. They they don't want you having kids. These things are crystal clear to anybody that's Mm -hmm. awake. And I just just don't understand. I'm I'm struggling to understand where everybody else thinks it is um, and what this whole thing is about. But, uh, you know, we have uh, some awesome listeners here who support us and understand what we're doing and what we're trying to do. And we're going to keep doing it. I think that God has definitely called us to keep doing this. And so we're going to keep making these, we're going to keep playing these clips, and we're going to keep trying to make a little bit of noise and just encourage the people out there who, you know, happen to kind of see through it all as well and find our brand of ranting and rambling uh, to be edifying in some way. Absolutely. While we're we're open, while we have the Friends of Epstein, Servants of Satan uh, (laughs) segment open, I got a couple clips for us. Let's go with, hold on, give me a half a second here. So so what do you think? Do you think it's really Ghislaine Maxwell that's going to jail? I don't know. Uh, this just came out this week, week, which I thought was extremely important. Well, a secret settlement between Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Jeffrey, and convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein has been made public. Prince Andrew's lawyers say the document, which was drawn up in 2009, releases him from any liability. Ms Jeffrey claims she was trafficked by Mr Epstein to have sex with the prince when she was 17, a claim Prince Andrew strenuously denied. Joining me now live is CNN reporter Max Foster from Hampshire in the UK. Max, good morning. Thank you for joining us. The deal between Epstein and Jeffrey has, of course, been released. What are the key details? 
Well, here it is, and uh, it's been long awaited, of course, signed back in 2009, and it does show that Dufresne agreed not to sue anyone connected to Epstein, who could be described as a potential defendant. What it doesn't do is uh, name Prince Andrew specifically. It does talk about royalty, but Prince Andrew's team are certainly trying to use this to have the entire case in New York that Dufresne has brought thrown out on the basis that she wasn't able to um, pursue this in the first place. It does say that she received $500,000 uh, in return for signing this document, which has no liability on Epstein or anyone else uh, within it. Uh, today, Prince Andrew's team aren't saying anything. There is a hearing tomorrow in New York where the judge will rule whether or not this is enough to have the case thrown out. So that's a really critical hearing. It's all academic, really, the debate around this, because what's that judge finally decides, which is really the important thing here. But Dufresne's lawyers have spoken today. They don't feel that this agreement in any way affects the current uh, case in New York, which could go to trial in September. So her attorney, David Boys, has said, as we've said from the beginning, the release of this document is irrelevant to Miss Dufresne's claim against Prince Andrew. The release does not mention Prince Andrew. He did not even know about it. He could not have been a potential defendant in the subtle case against Jeffrey Epstein. So the judge needs to decide on this one. A battle will happen tomorrow in New York. So it doesn't mention at all Prince Andrew, but what do you think that it means for this civil lawsuit against him? Well, you know what these things are like. You know, these are very highly paid lawyers and they're working, um, you know, all hours to, you know, on Prince Andrew's side to get this case thrown out. So there are lots of technicalities here. I think effectively what it will come down to is whether or not um, this agreement was anything to do with the case that's currently taking place in New York. Because um, Prince Andrew's side is saying it's very clearly linked. Dufresne's side, side is saying it's, it's completely separate, so it shouldn't be, even be considered. So I think it's a case of whether or not this agreement should be considered in the current case. So the judge will have to decide that first and whether or not it disqualifies this entire case. If the case does proceed, it does get very difficult for Prince Andrew and for the royal family because of all of the repercussions there. Um, and it could potentially mean that he could be asked to be deposed, give a statement to the court. Sarah Fergan, Ferguson could be deposed. Also, there's talk on Dufresne's team about getting the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, to uh, make a statement as well. So it could become a very sort of high-profile case with all sorts of high-profile figures playing into it. Wow, OK. We'll certainly be watching this one very closely. CNN reporter Max Foster, thank you for joining us this morning with that update. So there you go. It is... We're currently recording this on Wednesday, January 6th. and no, Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. Thursday, January 6th. And we still don't have an answer, actually. So uh, the judge, I think... Uh, still hasn't made the decision. So maybe by the end of day today. Any predictions? Yeah, it's a, if, yeah predictions, no justice. <laughs> That's my prediction. The, the friends of Epstein, servants of Satan, not going to jail. What do you think about that from the president, making it very clear that he wants schools to reopen, and in fact there could be negative outcomes from, for those that don't? Well, one, we should definitely open up the schools, and we need to stop listening to Dr. Fauci, who is funded by Bill and Melinda Gates. And all of your listeners know this, I know this, you know this, we all know this, but Jeffrey Epstein's not a good man, and uh, Bill Gates spent a lot of time with Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. 
So I don't think we should be listening to a pedophile for how to treat our kids, period. And that we shouldn't be listening to people who spend time with pedophiles as it relates to our kids. So if Bill Gates wanted to watch my kids as a babysitter, I wouldn't let him do it. I'm certainly not going to use a vaccine he recommends. And Bill Gates has asked Dr. Fauci to serve on his board for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So stop listening to Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci. They are corrupt individuals. And Bill Gates hangs out with pedophiles consistently. Why would he hang out with Epstein? Why would he do that? It's sick. Okay. All right. Clay uh, Clark, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Well, he's dead, so in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Don't, don't hold your breath waiting for, waiting for Prince Andrew to go to jail. Oh, that was an oldie but a goodie. Clay Clark yeah. calling Bill Gates a pedophile. Yeah, <laughs> TV. That, that was a good one. All right, where to next, my friend? Uh, let's do. Oh, let's do the crazy New Zealand lady. It's short. We've also seen the spread of misinformation on COVID nineteen. Wait, is this the Prime Minister? Crazy yes. New Zealand. Yeah, crazy. Otherwise known as the prime minister. We've also seen the spread of misinformation on COVID-19, particularly through social media. We had to act, so we made it a priority to establish a public interest journalism fund to help our media continue to produce stories that keep New Zealanders informed. And this relates to something that No Agenda covered a couple of years ago where Google was putting money into local journalism. Okay. Remember that? I don't. So they they created a foundation and to, you know, the struggling local newspapers and local journalism. So how's that working out? Are we getting better local journalism? Like it's kind of interesting. You, do you believe the vaccine propaganda more when it's pushed by your local paper as opposed to just in the New York Times? Yeah. I don't I don't think so. I don't think it works, but you certainly see it. I mean, you can. I can look at my old local paper, and it, it is all vaccine promotion all the time. But it's, so this is New Zealand talking about. Oh, the government needs to give them money to promote correct information. So, which is, you know, if you you're giving money to some groups that is creating an unequal playing field and it's its own form of censorship. I mean, we see that everything from big tech to actual print media to other online media. I mean, it's a big pharma rules and other than, other than big food, um, pretty much the biggest force out there. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, and you know, Google, in New Zealand, that's an interesting correlation you just made there. I don't know if you caught this a few weeks ago, but maybe a month ago, Eric Schmidt kind of snuck into New Zealand, middle of the lockdown. Nobody oh yeah, could, do you, nobody could go do you remember that? Yeah, nobody could go in or out, and Eric Schmidt just made his way in. You know, if you got a private yacht and you just let him know you're coming, just come on. I mean, just if you're quarantining on your yacht, you, you got to pull in somewhere, right? Yeah, and uh, Novak Djokovic, the defending Australian Open champion. They gave him an exemption and said he could compete 
and then he gets to Australia and there's supposed public backlash of people pointing out the hypocrisy of letting him in and demanding everyone in the country get vaccinated and no one traveling and all the rest of it. And so their solution is, oh, we'll just deport Novak Djokovic and he can't compete in the Australian <laughs> Open. So I thought that that story was interesting. And on the athlete front, you know, my my new favorite quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Wait, had what? some interesting. <laughs> I know. It's still, some, it still blows my mind. To, to I know. The, you know, strange enemies, strange friends. They're su- let's, surprising. Let's let's hold off on Aaron Rodgers real quick and do our donation segment. We'll hit that right after. Okay. It's work? a. Yeah, I mean, it's not a. It's not a cliffhanger worthy one. No, it's not a cliffhanger worthy one. Right, but let's, let's so hit it. let's hit it. Oh, it's a minute forty four. Yeah, I think just real quick, the backstory is some journalist said, I would never vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. He's a jerk and he's the biggest jerk in the NFL and and crazy anti-vaxxer yes. and the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, I actually would have said that same thing two years ago. He is the yeah. biggest jerk in the NFL. But then the crazy anti-vaxxer thing. Oh. I mean, he's a, he's a Berkeley liberal. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can smell the patchouli oil and fresh organic produce from here. Um, after what you said last week about what it would mean to win your fourth MVP, what what do you think of one of the 50 voters coming out and saying yesterday, quote, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the MVP. I think he's a bad guy, and I don't think a bad guy can be the MVP at the same time. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But I mean, to and I listen to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season, that you know I had zero chance of winning the BP. In my opinion, should exclude you know future future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Cause he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never, never talked to me in his life, but it's unfortunate that those, those sentiments, it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest, but yeah, I knew this was possible. We talked about it on Mac a few weeks ago, um, but crazy. <laughs> crazy indeed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Russ, Russell Wilson, where's your, when's your next uh, Get the Vaccine special coming out? He already sacrificed his children. You know, they're getting vaccinated with Ciara promoting it. Aye, aye, aye. I think you're muted, Tim. My apologies. Uh, yeah, this last two years really turned everything on its head, didn't it? I mean, you and I... We're hating Rodgers, loving Russell Wilson. 
you know, rooting for Damian Lillard, watching Portland Trailblazers, and uh, yeah, it, it the the battle lines were drawn, right? Yeah, battle lines were drawn, and it really really turned everything on its head. I went from uh, beautiful rivers and lakes and mountains to rivers and plains, and a much more quiet off the grid type of uh, lifestyle and uh, mainly due to all of the insanity around me and in in no small part due to just everything that's been happening but even even down to our sports Andrew just the podcast that was like it was like a sub topic you know what's going on in sports yeah I, I will say football still popular in Oklahoma oh yeah dude that, yeah. there was I was at the grocery store and they were doing play-by-play updates over the loudspeaker of the grocery store in the and this was not even oklahoma it was oklahoma state's bowl game yeah so. <laughs> yeah well they that we they, they care a lot about their football here so you know yeah. in college football not so dirty i think we uh we talked about recently oh know, it's dirty yes 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 <laughs> but not uh propaganda dirty more just yeah. uh you know, we talked about we didn't talk about it, but there was a funny clip of a guy coming on saying, "Hey, Anthony Fauci, where are you?" Saying the SEC was gonna just make all these, you know, have all these crazy COVID cases with these super mm-hmm. spreader events because you know they all had in person games. Meanwhile, you know, there was some clips that went around the first of the season where it was just like everybody was back, like it was it was amazing. I think we played the clip mm-hmm. on this show. People were just ready to go back to college football. And what happened because of that? Lots more Dez? No, no. He was wrong yet well, again. Well, yeah. There might be some some des from the vaccine mandates at those universities, but... Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, well, without further ado, let's get to the uh, donation segment. Revelations Radio News has decided to be a listener-supported podcast only. So we will not be doing any advertisements for Squarespace. What's, what's some of the other one? Uh... Healthy Greens, <laughs> uh, Male Vitality, Step on Socks, Step on Socks, uh, Silver, 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 what is it, what's the silver you drink, Silver, the, you oh, know what I'm uh, talking about, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, this, I'm not saying, not saying those things are, are right. bad, Col- colloidal you, you got the, you got the Berkey water filter, yeah. I, I branched out and got the Alexa Pure, and uh, I'll give it a three out of five stars at oh, this okay. point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now what I'm talking about not doing uh, sponsorships, you do a sponsorship. Super helpful, Andrew. Thank you. That was a review. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, this means listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. Volunteerism. If you feel you're getting any value from the show, please help Andrew and I by come, becoming a supporter. We count on you guys to make this work. So you can always send us stories, send us information, or you can send us donations. And before we get any further, I should mention someone who did send us some value uh, that was not mentioned more recently. And this is from Theo, our pilot in Canada, in Canada. He sent us a uh, essay entitled The Allegory of the Monk, which I think was something that he wrote. Um, and I was hoping we could read it at one of our shows. So maybe this show or the next show, we can give it a whirl on the show here. Or? Well, let's uh, 
let's first say people can read it on our website. We might drive a, you know, seven or eight clicks to the website. And uh, there's also a new uh, Terry Hart essay up on the site. That's right. We do about... have a new tab on the website called Essays. If you click on yeah. that, currently there are two tabs, or excuse me, there are two essays from the venerable Terry Hart. Yeah. And so, and you were, you were going to put the other one up there too, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And I will put Dio's on there as well. Yeah. So the. So that will hopefully be a new segment, and maybe we'll just throw some links to my Substack so you can link through to that too. But uh, yeah, hopefully a little more, a little more written content. You know, it's near and dear to to my heart. I do think we've learned through listening and through reading a lot better than through visual, uh, you know, visual stuff. Absolutely. Invisible stuff is all kind of window dressing and it gets you gets you a bit distracted. So anyway, we want to thank uh, Theo for that contribution of an essay and also want to thank our Israeli friend in Germany who is conspiring with me to put together some art. He and I have been talking a little bit about what we could do, but uh, want to thank him as well. And those are just great examples of people bringing value to the podcast, saying that they you know value what we're doing so we appreciate you guys and uh, let's get right into it we also had some monetary contributions over this last week so on january 1st a gentleman named zane z-a-n-e from waterford michigan came in with 25 dollars. so we want to thank you mr zane thank you yeah thank you zane and your your book is in the mail book is in the mail oh that's right i forgot the second part of my uh promotion here and that was goodness a terrible promoter, you know that? All donations over $25 get a free copy of the New World Order Eugenics Works by Andrew Hoffman shipped to them in the U.S. only. If you're outside the United States, it's all donations over $40 to help cover that cost. Also on the website, you can donate via PayPal or, and we'll get to this in a minute, there is a P.O. box now. I have acquired a P.O. box. I got it on for the last show. Again, it's P.O. Box 1151, Newcastle, Oklahoma, 73065. So moving right on from Zane to... Well, just real quick, also from the last show, uh, Kenneth and uh, Matthew, uh, your your books are in the mail as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, and Matthew is our listener from Portugal, so thank you very much, sir. Apparently, Portugal is allowing mail, and I'll, I still owe a book to Ian and Australian. We'll we'll try again. Try again from the Piedmont Post Office. So. There you go. Okay. All right. So Zane uh, on the first from Waterford, Michigan. Thank you for your donation of twenty five dollars. Sean from Parts Unknown. This is his monthly donation of $5. We do appreciate these monthly donations. Matthew from Burlington, Ontario, Canada, also with his $7 monthly donation. And Autumn from Snoqualmie, Washington comes in with her $5 donation. And then, what would a donation segment be without the one and only? Who am I going to say? Danny from Medford. $25. Thank you, Danny. Yep. Every time, every show, $25 from Danny. So... Uh, this morning, uh, after taking my son to uh, school, swung by the P.O. box just to double check. Hadn't really looked at it uh, since I opened it. And uh, I found a uh, 
an envelope in the P.O. box. And I'm going to read it to us. This is from way, way, way far away in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Literally between Andrew and I is where Gretchen resides. And uh, she sent a little note, and I'll read it. Dear Tim and Andrew, so thankful to hear your podcast and excited that you're Okies now. Hope this gift can help you with whatever expenses you still have from the move or from perhaps something else. I'm praying with you that this year won't be a major shift yet and more people just wake up. Blessings from Gretchen. And then she throws a Bible verse in here too. Rejoice always, pray continually in everything. Give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Gretchen sent that along with a check for $1,000. Wow. So thank you. Thank you. Very, yes, thank you very much, Gretchen. So. Thank you very, very much, Gretchen. That puts you in the elite category of uh, just there's only a few. There's Kyle, there's Terry, there's Danny, and then there's uh, there's Gretchen. And they've all donated over $1,000 to the show. And we well, want to she's, thank she's the first lady of she is. Revelations Radio News. So. Yeah. She is the first lady at that <laughs> donation level. So thank you so much for that. Um, you know, moving across the country and, and not having a job yet, at least I, on this end, um, is definitely taxing. So every little bit helps. I do appreciate your help in that. And just, it, you know, thank you for sending it. I think that, you know, the Lord speaks to us in certain ways. And sometimes, you know, when I think that the podcast may not be quite as important or shouldn't be prioritized where it should, I get a, a reminder that uh, it is it is important and that it, people get value out of it so then i put more effort and more value into uh, producing it and i mean for goodness sakes i list i don't it, it's certainly not deserving of, of the thousand dollars but i did listen to a biden speech this morning it's, it's got to be worth 10, <laughs> 10 bucks 20 bucks somewhere in there let me i can i can summarize for you if you'd like january 6th worst really, day ever really bad Think, <laughs> really bad things were not great but after January 6th, now they are really bad. So yeah. that's that's uh, that's all I can say. I think that might be. Well, let's let's not contaminate our thanking Gretchen with Joe Biden. Okay. My apologies. So. My apologies. Thank you, Gretchen. You are the first lady of the uh, Revelations Radio News podcast. Thank you for your contribution for showing us that you got some value out of the show. If you'd like yeah. to support us, you can always go to revelationsradionews.com backslash support and there you will find a link that you can donate via paypal the uh, bitcoin the xrp oh goodness and i actually i just realized someone sent me a note that they wanted to to uh to donate via monero which is the uh the anonymous uh cryptocurrency and i didn't oh, okay. send him back my wallet address so my apologies to you sir and uh, i will get that to you soon we do have a couple crypto uh wallet qr codes there on the website as well any anything else andrew uh just say i just signed up for a uh, food co-op csa deal like local produce and what have you and it was kind of like a eh, it's kind of expensive should i do it and it's kind of a hassle to drive half an hour to pick it up every week and decided you know put my money where where my mouth is and Gretchen's donation will certainly uh, cover several months of that so thank you very much Gretchen so. sure and I think you sent me something saying instead of a hippie leaning uh, co-op they actually make let's go Brandon 
<laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a conscious community co-op, which if you see that in the Northwest, that means they're New Agers. Yeah. <laughs> and they're doing, uh, yeah, let's go Brandon and Dark Winter hashtags <laughs> and saying, you know, someone wants us to be a dark winter for you, but we want to help you through it. And they're, they're giving away some beef, 100 pounds of beef. Beautiful. So, yeah. so. Beautiful. All right. Well, in uh, back in my home state of Washington, uh, they're getting emails from the school district, Lake Washington School District, which, by the way, is one of the best school districts in the Seattle area. On Sundays during January and February, I will send a brief message indicating whether students will be eating indoors due to frigid weather in the coming week. This week, students will remain eating outdoors as temperatures are expected to be above 38 degrees. Oh Stay warm, goodness. Heather, Lake Washington District 414. <laughs> That's not a joke, man. Oh, That's real. Man, I know. I know it's real. It just came through. It's so sad. A mom in Washington State shared this email by her kid's principal informing her students that they would be eating lunch outside since it is above 38 degrees. Not not by much. <laughs> yeah, it was snowing. I mean, they're, days they're, ago. Getting, they're getting snow. They're getting more snow in tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So, yeah that's. I, 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 it'll be 39 degrees, which is totally comfortable. And everybody likes to eat outdoors when it's 39 degrees. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, this is. Uh, the reason for my massive life change wasn't for this podcast or necessarily my own comfort. Uh, I did take my son to school today and he will be eating indoors. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I've sans mask. Yeah, I've, I've got a clip along those lines. Uh, Jesse Kelly, the Jesse Kelly thing. And on a similar subject to, to what we've, what we've done even though i i don't think i'd ever listened to any of his stuff prior to uh prior to recently there's an article out in the new york times today it doesn't matter that it's in the new york times it doesn't even matter what the article is about how kids are in crisis about how kids are have had a brutal two years kids are psychologically being attacked and you've seen these articles they're all over the place right now let's have a hard talk and this is going to be a difficult talk for some America's kids are not in crisis. They always sell these articles this way. America's kids, America's children. It's been a brutal pandemic for America's kids. No, 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 no. Blue areas? No, it's been brutal for your kids. My kids, every kid in my area, they were in school, in-person learning last year during the height of the pandemic. They were in school, sitting by other kids, playing at recess, learning from a teacher at the front of the class. Parents, move. And I understand. I understand there are situations that don't allow you to move. Maybe you have, maybe you're taking care of your mom. She's not moving. Maybe you have a job you can't possibly replicate somewhere. I, I don't know your reasons. Fine, fine. If it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to you. That's a great rule for life. If you can Move, And when I tell people to move, and I tell people to balkanize, separate yourself from these communists, this is what I'll get a lot of. I'll get a, I'm not retreating, I'm going to stay and fight for my state. And I'll be honest, I admire that. I respect it. We need more fighters out there. Good, good for you. 
But if you're a parent right now, you're signing your kids up for that fight too. Your kids are going to take casualties during that little war you're fighting. Think about that. I'm staying and I'm fighting. Okay, well, your 12-year-old is either learning from home or he's at school with a mask on his face sitting 10 feet away from other kids. I'm glad you're fighting. How's that working out for your child? My kids are doing great the last two years. Every kid in my area is doing fine. Like I said, happy, healthy, doing good. Get out. Move out. Separate yourself from the communists. And you know I've been telling you this a long time. Balkanize. Get yourself separated. And because I've been saying it for so long on my TV show and on my radio show, I get a ton of emails from people. Tons of emails from people. And, you know, I get all kinds of emails. As you can imagine, I get a bunch of death threats and stuff like that. It's all fine. But I get, so I get emails of all kinds, right? Good, bad, Jesse, I love you, Jesse. I hate you, Jesse. I'm coming to kill you. All 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 the normal stuff. To this day, to this day, of the thousands, tens of thousands I've gotten, I've never had one email from a person who moved from a blue area to a red area and regretted it. Never one email. I have tons, more than you could ever count of people. I moved from New York to here and it's great. I moved from California to here and it's great. I moved from here to here. Best decision I ever made. Jesse, thank you so much. Jesse, we're so much happier. Jesse, my kids haven't worn a mask in two years. Jesse, everyone's so friendly here. I know you might not be in a situation where you can do that. I get it. I get it. And I understand also this. Moving can be intimidating for people. I get that too. I moved around a ton as a kid. I've moved around a bunch as an adult, every different job I've had. But I'll tell you this. Don't underestimate yourself if you're thinking about moving. Ah, what if I can't find a new job? You have a good job where you are? Good. That means you're talented. You'll find a new job where you're going. But the kids, they're they're friends. There are more kids where you're going. If your kids have friends where they are, they'll make friends where they're going. Don't underestimate yourself. If you're at all able to do so, pack up your stuff, leave your hellscape of a blue area, and move to a red area, and enjoy the rest of your life, and allow your kids to have some semblance of a childhood. Look at this from the Today Show. These people aren't about to let your children go. What's the recommendation for our youngest learners? Okay, so we talked to Dr. John Torres about this because I actually just sent my kids out the door this morning, minutes ago, with two masks. He says, obviously, the KN95 and 95 are the most effective, but it can be really hard to find them in small kid sizes. And also, to keep them on your kids all day, they're not the most comfortable. So the second best option is to make sure you have a kid size surgical mask. And by the way, look at what a difference the kid size mask is from the adult size. So you really want to make sure you have one that fits your child's face and you want to layer the cloth mask over that mask. So the Mm. surgical mask goes on first, and then the cloth mask. Don't do that to your child. In fact, take that mask your kid has, take that mask, and then crumple it up in a little wad and chuck it in the trash. Stop putting masks on your children. If you're in a place where they force masks on your children, put your home for sale, pack it up, and move so they can have some kind of a life. Unless, of course, you would like Randy Weingarten to continue to guide your child's education. In terms of vaccines, I think what Gavin Newsom did in California is really the best model, which is that the semester after they, are, they go from emergency use 
to full authorization and the FDA has done everything that they need to do, that's what California has said. That is the semester that they become mandatory. But and you right support now, that nationally. And I and and I I personally support that. The union hasn't taken a position on that. Why but not? Personally, I support that. And you know because we haven't. You know our California Federation has, and they support it. And you know generally, I believe that we will take that position and support. Mandatory. You want that person guiding your kids? No. Get out. Move someplace better. I thought that was a good clip. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. I'm just yeah. trying to make, trying to give my kids a, a chance to live a normal life. To, and not because I think that the, the world is their only time they're going to be, you know, is, is that the being alive in the world is the most important thing for them. I, I think that just raising them with a healthy fear of God and, and a, a semblance, a modicum of freedom and choice. Mm-hmm. Um, is important and I think that if you want to fight for the future there is no better way to do it than that to make sure that you're making a person uh, ready who knows that a normal life ready for the world and knows that a normal life is possible and that they don't need to rely on big government or any kind of uh, email that comes out to tell them whether or not they're going to eat in the 38 degree weather (laughs) <laughs> they they know that their parents love them <laughs> and are gonna make sure that they don't have to do that. And hey, maybe it isn't move. Maybe it's just pull your kids out of high out of school and, and homeschool mm-hmm. them. You know, there's a lot of different yeah. solutions. Uh, we just happen to choose the bigger one because you know we got young kids. We're not just trying to push through the last three or four years of high school by homeschooling. We're trying to go through an entire school process. Right. So it's uh, it's a much different. Uh, Different thing for us, but uh, I'm excited. I think this is starting to shape up to be um, more what I expected it to be. I hate the uh, upheaval and the. Uh, I don't like change a whole lot. People with ADD really struggle with change, um, <laughs> but it's uh, and people without ADD struggle with change as well. But it's just not knowing where we're going to be is kind of stressful and all that stuff. But it, it, it at least we know the area will be and we're getting started with normal stuff like school and, and, and getting back to just living a, a normal life and trying to uh, to eke a, an existence out. And this podcast helps. It helps me to get my thoughts out there. It helps me in just praying for other people and other people, I think, praying for us. And, you know, today you open up the P.O. box and boom, there's a thousand bucks. And that is huge. That really is huge. If the people that see enough value in in this podcast and give back it's like a one of those little you know way markers that you know mm-hmm. just little little <clears throat> signposts that says hey this this much further you know this much further to here or this much you know you're going the, it just it's just a way marker like hey something you're doing is right you're doing the right thing and i need those because you know it feels crazy to move <laughs> across the country and move, move yeah. to the end of a dirt road and it's like what, what am i doing here but uh you know clips like that and then donations and just you know just relying on the Lord, no matter what the uh, circumstance. And, uh, you know, had he told me, you got to stay and fight, like Jesse was kind of saying in that clip, if he told me, stay and fight, you got to keep doing what you can do, I, I could have done that. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's time to homeschool or do something else. But uh, at the time, we're not homeschooling, and, and we had a, a kid in school, and for his birthday, he gets to, uh, to wear a mask. 
I went to the, <laughs> I went to the school and I said I want one day. Give me one day, no masks for this child on his birthday. And uh, they said, well, you, he can't do it because of the state. I said, the next day, he's gone. You will never see him again. So one day, let him celebrate his birthday with his friends, no mask, and that's it. They said, okay. They <laughs> said, okay, no big deal. So he celebrated his birthday with his friends, and that was it. After that, he was done there. Because I'm not going to subject my child to wearing a mask for eight hours a day as a form of compliance. Ugh. Yeah. Because it's nothing more than compliance. The mask is there to remind you that there's something else happening. That it's there's a, a pandemic. That there's a pandemic. Be afraid. It's part of a spell. Satan, friends of Epstein, servants of Satan are using it to put people mm-hmm. under a spell. Some sort of satanic ritual bizarreness. It, it, it takes the humanity out of people. This morning I was at the P.O. box, unmasked, in the, in the post office, coming back. It's early. Like, it's before 8 a.m. And I'm coming back, and a postal worker walks by me in the post office and doesn't have a mask on, and then just huge smile, good morning. <laughs> just And I said, good morning. And I went out to my car, and I was just like, yeah. No mask. Huge good morning. Happy to see another human being. Whereas before, they're almost like an automaton. Just like fully masked up, like barely looking out. The postal worker that wouldn't, you know, necessarily care. But anyway, I, I don't want to get sidetracked, but just... Yeah, that's just where we are. That's where we are. We're doing what we have to do. And uh, just trying to follow what the Lord wants us to do. And then he can uh, lead, lead us. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Why don't you finish? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I agree. I think there is, there's not one right course of action for everyone, but I, I really like the point that Jesse Kelly made there. And it's like, do you really, you know, do you really want to stay and fight or are you just nervous about moving? (laughs) You know, because if you're just nervous about moving, no one who's done it regrets it, you know. And it, certainly my experience, I mean, I've, yeah. I've had zero, zero regrets whatsoever about doing it. As as drastic of a change as it was, and there's certainly stuff that I'll miss, and certainly people I'll miss. But man, it was the it was the right thing to do. So. It's a, it a good way to put it. And as someone, you know, you and I both can really speak on what he talked about there uh, because we went through all those emotions. Do you really want to mm-hmm. stay and fight it out or are you just scared of moving? That's I was pretty scared of moving, to be honest with you, a lot of it. <laughs> but I'm not going to go along with the just compliance to wear a mask because you're, you're, you've been told to. That's not how I want to raise my kid. I'm not raising a kid who – I'm not raising an, uh, a kid who always obeys. I'm not. I'm not raising – it's not obedience training. My, my child is not a dog. <laughs> I, you know, mm-hmm. I would like him to obey some of the rules of the house and I'll do things to, inf- to make sure that that kind of, you know, to enforce that. But on the other hand, I want him to think for himself. And, and my, when my daughter's old enough too as well, I would like them to think through problems on their own. I'm not trying to raise, this, this is not like training a dog. I want him to make his own decisions and to have the ability to make his own decisions and to have the ability to disagree with me if he decides to. That's fine. That's great. That's what I want. 
because obedience training is for dogs, not for children. And I'm certainly not going to put my kid in a mask for what I think is absolutely no reason for eight hours right. a day. <clears throat> if, if you, what lesson are you teaching your kids? If you know the mask is yep. bogus yep. and then you're telling them to, that they have to wear it anyway. And you're not standing up for them. Oh, what's that? You know, that, okay, it's just like, it's okay to lie. It's okay to comply just to, you know, just to get along, just to, and it, at the same time, you know, your, your kid's probably on board with you, What whatever side you're on. If you're on the anti-mask side, great. <laughs> You know, do they, then you're going to tell them, oh, you still got to do it? I, I don't know. It's, or do you want them to be the, the fighter like the girl in Florida who's, you know, suspended 35 times from school as a second grader for not wearing a mask in the, and DeSantis got involved and she, she won. But do you really, you know, do you want to have your child be a soldier or do you want, your child to have a childhood so yeah couldn't agree more my friend that is a a great note to possibly end the show on do you have anything else we got to get to before we get out of here no that was the <clears throat> i thought that that message resonated well with our message and um yeah man i'm thankful for the the big donation and the other donations and the support and and hopefully we get some some feedback on the Substack posts to kind of encourage me to keep up with those. So I don't know exactly how often I'll do it, but I'll try to do it fairly often. So well, and like we talked about, you know, Alex Berenson he uses it like it's Twitter, and so you know people's email inbox fill up with uh, everything he writes every day, which is direct straight to uh, straight to the consumer of the mm -hmm. product which is uh, going to be you guys the listeners of the show so i'll put a link in the show notes to the Substack. i'll also put it on the list on the right side in the uh in the uh, uh sidebar and then from there we can all uh just go check out your Substack. so thanks for doing a show andrew thank you tim we've got to make it down to the kilkenny compound again soon that's true that's true let's yeah. let's hang out in person soon all right man yep all right a copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com to contact andrew and tim or to support revelations radio news please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say Certain dates echo throughout history.
including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. On that day, I was not only vice president-elect, I was also a United States senator. And I was here at the Capitol that morning at a classified hearing with fellow members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Hours later, the gates of the Capitol were breached. I had left, but my thoughts immediately turned not only to my colleagues, but to my staff who had been forced to seek refuge in our office, converting filing cabinets into barricades. <laughs> 